well, I'm here. You guys have the most phenomenal location pastors, soon to be senior pastors on the planet, Pastor Alex and Jesson Lee. They're not here, but why don't we just give them some love anyway? And uh, they honestly are the finest people. And uh, me and my wife, Tam, are just so blessed and privileged to uh, work with them and now work under them in leadership. And just we're so excited for the future of our church. We love our senior pastors, Pastor Phil and Chris. We're so indebted to them. Um, I was a mess when I came to church. Um, and, and God honestly, absolutely transformed my life. But it was also always is, uh, due to the faithfulness of great leadership that continue to follow Jesus. And I'm really grateful for Pastor Phil and Chris. And uh, I'm grateful for you as a community, uh, turning up every single week, serving and being committed, loving people and helping people. You have no idea the impact you have on people's journey and uh, into Christ and into freedom. And so I just encourage you as a community to keep loving one another and uh, keep looking after each other. And uh, it's good. So next week, I have decided. And so I thought, well, let's not wait till next week to decide. Let's decide today that we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to be led by him. And so I want to encourage you out of two passages here today. Uh, Galatians 5, 25 to 26 says this. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. If we live by the Spirit, another, another translation says, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And then Romans 12, 1-2, love this verse. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. And and that's talking about the age of this world, meaning whatever time in life we find ourselves until Christ returns, there is a pattern, a way of life that is counter to the way of Jesus. And he's saying, do not be caught up or conformed to this way of living in this age, but rather be transformed Be transformed to follow a new way of life, which is the way of the Spirit, by the renewal of your mind. Because the beautiful thing about repentance is ultimately what it is talking about is changing your mind. And so God is calling us constantly to consider our way. And then if the Holy Spirit unctions and leads us, whether it's something we read in the Word or something someone brings to our heart through a loving correction or, or challenge or just conversation, or if it's just something you hear in prayer or sense in prayer from the Spirit, you have an opportunity to renew your mind and actually be transformed into a new way of life. So that by testing, test everything. The scriptures say, believe all things, but test everything. And testing is this beautiful thing of like, God, is this the way I should go? Because my life is no longer my own. I want to be following you. So God, and it's not this cautious, anxious kind of, you know, uh, fearful thing, but it is this sense of, Lord, is is this good? And testing, you may discern what is the will of God. 
what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, when, when we're talking about what is the will of God, we're not just saying, hey, we'll test this thing and just double check that this is the will of God. I'll do a few tests, Lord. If, if I wake up this morning and the sun comes out red, I'll know. You know that's, that's not what we're talking about. Oh, Lord, what is your will? I'm trying to work out. No, it's very clear what the will of God is. The will of God is that we would grow more like him and that we would love one another more perfectly. That's it. And so whenever we are testing, we are testing the way of life. Is my life lining up or leading towards that way of living? That I would grow more like him and that I would be more perfect in the way I love my brothers and sisters so that I may reflect that love out to a world that needs to receive that love so it can be transformed. And this is how God saves the world, that he transforms us all day by day in the way that we live. What is good and acceptable and perfect. My wife is um, reasonably prophetic. Uh, she gets words. Who's good with words? Anyone? Yeah, there you go. I- I'm not great with words. It takes me a little while to refine what I'm trying to say. I'm a bit of a verbal processor. So I take a while to talk it out, talk it out. My wife's just very good. She's internal. She thinks it through and then she writes this beautiful poetry and does all these things. And, and God speaks to her very clearly in words. And, and last, last year, at the start of the year, we got this, this word that really helped us go through the year. And this year she said, Lord, what's that word? And he, she heard, be cautious. And I was like, dang it. I wanted like, it's going to be awesome. But it wasn't that. It was be cautious. And I really do feel the Lord is calling all of us in this season, because we don't know what the rest of the year will look like in terms of COVID, in terms of all the things. But the good thing about in Christ is we don't have to have it all worked out. If we are consistently surrendered before the Lord and saying, God, lead me and I'll test every single way to ensure that I'm walking out in your will. So Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you would help this land. I pray that, God, you would speak to our hearts about something we can activate in our own world. That, Father God, this would not just remain in the sphere of knowledge or or good thoughts, but, Lord, that you would speak to hearts here today. I thank you, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit, you are already working in the hearts of people that need to receive Jesus. And I thank you that whenever we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, hearts can be open to receive you. And so I thank you, Lord, for the people in this congregation here today, here in the room, and those watching on Zoom. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you can speak to hearts, Lord, even to people in their room right now. If you're on Zoom, just reach out to God. Father, I thank you right now that you're going to bring a word of encouragement, of direction, of hope to every single person here today. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Well, it has been an uncertain year, the year before. It started to shape up with a bit of uncertainty, a lot of direction changes. Did anyone feel like they were constantly having, I'm not going to use the word because it's banned now forever, but that word of changing direction, of having to be going one way and then suddenly going the next way. My family and I definitely were not immune to that. Uh, We had lots of changes. Uh, We moved direction in terms of where we lived. Uh, Middle of COVID, we we, we really felt that this call in our heart to do something that we'd been praying about for some time, which was to begin to care for my mother-in-law. And you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you when he speaks to the son-in-law to care for the mother-in-law, not just the wife to care for the mother. But I really felt this conviction that God was calling us to care for our ma- my mum, mother-in-law, Red. And uh, she's a wonderful woman of God, but has Parkinson and some, some pretty considering cha- considerable challenges. And so uh, we felt called to do that. And so to do that, we needed to shift a few things in our life. We had to move areas to find a new home. And so 
our first move was to move from Bayview and the Northern Beaches to Newcastle with my parents to live for a few months uh, just to get ahead and save a few things and, and work a few things out for school for the kids because we knew we had to move areas. And then we moved back to Mount Kohler. Does anyone know where Mount Kohler is? It's a beautiful spot. It's really great. But that was a big change. And then, and then our kids, we had to do homeschooling. Who did homeschooling? Anyone with their kids? Yeah. You never want to do that again, do you? Yeah, that was, that was interesting for all of three months. Uh, and, then, and then we changed schools for the kids. And, and in all of these directional changes, what I noticed the difference in my life and some of my friends' lives is as, as the direction kept changing, the leading of God in their life... The things that were happening in their world in terms of the commitments they'd made to Christ and to their wives or husbands, to the relationships, that also began to get unsettled. But what I noticed in my life, no matter how many things shifted in my physical or natural world, I always stayed with this deep conviction of the leading of the Holy Spirit in the ways of God. And I want to say that as believers, what we can take heart in and what we can consistently be reminded of is that no matter what directional change happens in our life, no matter what things shift and and move in our world, that as believers, we always have a true north. We always have a way to live. And even when we don't know where to step, we have the still small voice of Christ and the Holy Spirit leading us to follow us. The Holy Spirit is always present to help lead you in your life. He is always calling out and helping you move forward. And it is an imperative that we stay in step with Him. Because there is a counterway of Christ. There is a counter way of living that when distraction or when when direction changes come, will try to unsettle that space in your life and begin to get you to question things about God, about your relationships, about, about your community here in church, and they will pull on those things and try to lead you out. But for us to say that no, we are going to be led by the Spirit, everything around us can be shaken, but the direction of our lives don't have to be unsettled. We can have certainty in his goodness and purpose and have a fixed direction in life. But this was not the case for the Galatian church or the Roman church. He says in verse chapter 5, verse 7, he says, You were running so well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Who got onto, into your mind, into your heart and said, Maybe this isn't the way I'm going to walk this way. Galatians, you were running so well. You had your direction so clear, but a few things have come in and knocked you about. And now that has upset your internal certainty in Christ. And I'm here to remind you the way which you can go. People, they lost sight of the leading of the spirit that was meant to be there to strengthen their relationship with God and strengthen their relationship with others. And for some of us, the challenge of this season has weakened our commitments. And I've seen that in relational, my relational world where, where people have weakened their commitment to Christ, weakened their commitment in their, in their church community, weakened their commitment in terms of their marriage. And it's the most disastrous thing. I look at all the things that we have lost in this season, all the things that have been upset in this season. Yeah, there's been a lot of money lost. There's been a lot of changes for things. There's been a lot of, lot of jobs lost. But I've got to tell you, the thing that breaks my heart the most is when I sit down with someone who has lost their marriage or lost a relationship or, or lost their commitment to Christ or, or lost their conviction in terms of coming to church. It, it, it breaks my heart because I know it breaks the heart of God. And God is saying, people, 
The world is going to get crazier. One thing Jesus promised us is that in this world, you'll have many trials and tribulations, but fear not, I have overcome the world. I'm telling you what one thing you can bank on, that the world will always have craziness going on, but we need a certainty on the inside of our life that says, come hell or high water, I'm gonna live by the Spirit. And if I live by the Spirit, then I walk by the Spirit. The most blessed and perfect life He can offer you is a life surrendered to Him. And I got to tell you, is anyone here a little bit of a slow learner? I'm a bit of a slow learner. It has taken me a long time to realize that at times. Sometimes I remind myself, how long have you been following Jesus, Jimmy? Can you just get it together and surrender? But no, we want to pick up our life and say, no, God, we know best. But the most blessed life you're going to have is a life that is completely surrendered to him. Yeah, amen. In Romans 12:1, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, meaning I've completely surrendered all, but I'm alive in that surrender, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. It's wonderful to come and worship God in this space and lift our hands and glorifying him. But, but do we worship him at home? Do we worship him in our workplaces? Do we worship in in our day-to-days because that is what he's offering? It's not what he's demanding, it's what he's offering. Because when you live a life that is surrendered in worship, things go so well. But when you decide, no, I know best, I don't know about you, but things always seem to spin out of control. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He always leads by example. And so in Christ, we have great identity in him. We find our identity in him. And this identity brings us security. We know that we are his children. Nothing is more secure than the love of a parent. When I see kids that are just so full of confidence and they can do anything and you look at the way their parents love them, you go, "Uh uh-huh. They know they're loved. And by being in Christ, it will give you so much security. And today, if you've never received Jesus, he wants to come into your life, whether you're on Zoom or in the room with us. And I want to give you that opportunity later on here today. But we know that we have a promise of redemption, that in this life and in eternity, we are sons and daughters of God. In Galatians 4, 6, uh, it says this, uh, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of God, of His Son, sorry, into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son or a daughter. And if a son or a daughter, then an heir through God. We have security in our identity in Jesus. We have freedom when we receive Jesus. We know that those have, in Christ have freedom for freedom Galatians 5.1, Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So we have security in Christ. We have freedom in Christ. But the security and freedom of our new identity is actualized by living in the way of our new identity. It's one thing to believe in Jesus, but you will never experience the security and freedom he promises you until you fully surrender to begin to live the way of Jesus. And so Paul, again, writing to these Galatians, he says, guys, let me really simplify it for you. 525, he says, if we live by the Spirit, then let us also keep in step 
with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, if we are saying, no, I live this new life in the Spirit, you cannot receive Jesus and not receive the Holy Spirit. It is a package deal. And so now in Christ, I have this new way where I'm not trying to work things out by my own strength. I'm not trying to just be a good, moral, upright person and keep my marriage together and keep my work together and keep... No, no, no. In Christ, I found the fullness of life. I found what it truly means to be human because I've surrendered into Him and now I'm filled with His life-giving spirit. And if we are to live by that spirit, well, hang on. Let us also keep in step with the spirit. Paul, Paul's really interesting in how he's doing this and, and, and the Greek verbs he uses around this space. But, but what he's basically doing is he's kind of offering a leading question. He's saying, hey guys, if we live by the spirit, will you please walk with the spirit? If you're saying, yeah, I've got freedom in Christ, well, hey, walk out in a way that will actualize that freedom. If you're saying, hey, I have all this security, I need this security in Jesus, well, the way you're going to experience it is by walking in the way of Jesus. He uses if deliberately. It makes this sentence a conditional clause where it stops the Galatian church and should stop us to just ponder, not out of guilt, not out of judgment, but just to consider our ways and say, is this true of me, my walking with the Spirit. We are new creations, not just because we believe, but because we let that belief cause us to live in a new way. And so Romans 12, he then comes to the Roman church and it's different issues, but same issue, if that makes sense. And he says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the way of the world. Some translations say, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. And we see those patterns in Paul's teaching constantly. And, and, and he summarizes them often helpfully in, in just one or two words. In Galatians 5.26, he says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. If I was to think of the patterns of this world, and we've seen them like elevated so strongly in this year, are things like being conceited, which is about self-glorification. It's about me first. And, and all the time in our life, there is a pattern trying to pull us to be me first. I'm constantly reminded about it because I'm a parent. And your kids always want more of you than you're willing to give. And you have to constantly remind yourself. Sometimes not perfectly, but you remind yourself, because I no longer live, but Christ that lives in me. It's not about me. It's about us. We, we live in a very meistic world, where, 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 where we, will, we will forgo morality, we'll forgo anything else for the pursuit of self. And, and listen, you can't, Paul is talking to a group that had one culture and had stepped into a kingdom culture. You can't take that old culture into a kingdom culture. Jesus flips the culture. It's like completely changed. So if you come in thinking, I need more of Jesus because I need to do better in life, I'm honestly telling you, it won't serve you. But if you come in saying, I need Jesus because I need Jesus, and Lord, whatever it takes, you'll be quite surprised that what he'll say is just keep loving me and love other people. And this pursuit of self will slowly die away and you will find true freedom as you serve one another. It's provoking, fighting, infighting. We've seen so much fighting online. And, and can, can I just say as a community, let's not get involved. You may have an opinion. It may be an educated opinion. It might be right, but please don't do it in an inappropriate way that stirs up provoking and anger. Find a way to do it in, in love and, and, and in a quiet and private way so that we would encourage one another. In other words, don't just put your thoughts out 
for everyone else to see. Envying, consumerism, it is the pattern of the world that leads to so much, so much pain. Where the top 10% of the world set the pattern of what life should look like, but no one else can keep up. And so they find themselves in after debt, after debt, after debt, trying to just find a way to stay. We don't live by that pattern. Envy in one another. No, we celebrate one another and we run our own race. We live within our means. We, we, we trust God. We honor him. We do the right thing by him. We, 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 we live as he leads us. All of this leads to what Paul would later describe as the work of the flesh. Hostility, conflict, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissension, divisions, envy. And all these things, these, these vices that Paul lists out, they generally start with idolatry and sexual immorality. And there's a couple there. But then there's like this big list of all the ways we treat one another. Which does show Paul's emphasis towards community again. That, that the patterns of this world tends to tear us apart. Whereas the ways of the spirit draws us together. And if I was to think of one of the most destructive things I've experienced in my life is broken relationships. Because Jesus is so passionate about pulling people together. That, that anything that tears people apart, it's like counter what he is trying to do. And it tears at the fabric of our society. But praise God, we don't have to live and surrender to the patterns of this world. Don't worry, it's going to get better. Say, it's going to get better. <laughs> We're going up. We don't surrender to the leading of this world. We walk in step in the way of the Spirit. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed Praise God. By the renewal of your mind, again, changing the way of thinking, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The Spirit wants to shape our thinking and form in us a life that looks like Him. And so that we are led to not just produce the works of the flesh, but rather we are led into the fruit of the Spirit. And this is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I encourage you to go home and just repeat those words over and over and just feel what it does on the inside of you. It sounds so much better than envying, conceited, jealous, angry. Isn't it good? Because it resonates with how we're meant to be in life. So we're to walk by the Spirit. And the first one he gives us, I'm going to close here, is he walk in love. Which is about self-sacrificing. This is the image that Christ gave us. What does love look like? It's, it's, a, it's a letting go and preferring others. Galatians 5.13 says, For you are called to freedom. Who's glad they're free? Amen. But don't use your freedom as an opportunity to the flesh. But through love, serve one another. See, for Paul, a Christ-orientated life always looked like loving one another. It was in community. Jesus said to the disciples, he said, hey, if you want to know if you're my disciples, and more importantly, the world will know if you're my disciples in the way that you love one another. When, when we get free in Christ, we're not free to do our own will. What this fr true freedom is our ability to surrender and submit again under His Lordship and, and to prefer one another. That's what freedom looks like. 
We don't use freedom to follow our own agenda. We find true freedom when we serve one another in love. I don't know about you, but of all the things that will make the most difference to my life or your life to, in terms of our personal fulfillment, our effectiveness in life and our collective ability to model God's love to the world will be in the way we love each other. Because nothing gives you more fulfillment in life than serving. There is something that resonates with the heartbeat of God when you choose to put others above yourself. Nothing again is more destructive than broken relationship and will distract you in work. But I tell you what will give you great personal effectiveness in your workplace, in your family life, if you can find the way to follow love. And perhaps most importantly, how we're going to reach this city. Nothing models God's reality in our community. Nothing models God's love in our community more than the way we love and serve one another. So as we walk by the Spirit, we walk in love. And then we walk in joy, which is contentment. We walk in peace. Not just finding peace and saying, God, but we bring peace. We walk in peace. We walk in patience. Long-suffering. Being patient. I've got to tell you, when the direction changes, when things shift, you've got to get patience because there'll be a real temptation to quickly, but no, be patient. Everything's going to work out. Walk in kindness, which is your goodness to all. We don't repay evil with evil, but we repay evil with goodness, kindness. Walk in goodness, which is all about generosity. This sense of my life is not my own. Whatever I receive, I freely give. We walk in faithfulness. I've got to tell you, this is so important. So important. Whenever you read in your Bible, particularly in the New Testament, where it talks about faith. So if we think about we are justified by faith, that word pistis, it actually can be translated equally as faithfulness. Because I am justified by faith, but it's only because of His faithfulness. And so if you have faith in your marriage, that's wonderful. But can I tell you what will hold your marriage together is faithfulness. And I got to tell you, do not let go of the things that God has so wonderfully blessed you with. Remain faithful, faithful to your commitment to Him, faithful to your commitment to one another, faithful in your relationship. And I don't know why, but I was preparing this word and I could not shake this feeling off my heart. And so I'm just going to say it, that there are probably here people today and even on Zoom and you've really questioned your marriage. And I want to tell you, don't let go. Do whatever you need to do to stay faithful. And that might mean reaching out to someone for help. It probably will. In fact, it won't might mean, it will mean. Reach out to someone for help. It will mean coming before God together and finding healing and all of that. But honestly, it is not worth it. It is not worth it. Hold on. Walk in faithfulness. Walk in gentleness, which is humility. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble and walk in self-control. And ultimately... I find that one of the biggest ways that works out is just taming this thing. But friends, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. This is not about you striving or getting better or following Jesus more perfectly. This is about your ability to simply surrender and humbly say, Lord, I need you.